together we can create our new digital leader. Connection, engagement, confidence. Do we feel we are in a psychologically safe place? Language shouldn't be able to stop you from career progression. We are changing the, the future landscape of business, of leadership. Hello, and welcome to the Changemaker Conversations, brought to you by HealthTF Corporate Education. My name is Dr. Milena Kupez, and in this series, we aim to bring you insights and stories from leaders and leadership developers who create change and inspire others to do the same. Today, I have the pleasure to speak to John Nicholson. John is currently the sales director for both Royal Mail and Parcel Force, two organizations we are all very familiar with. Royal Mail, certainly here in the UK, has been delivering parcels for over 500 years and is a brand we all love. As sales director, John is responsible for a team of around 400 people delivering revenues of over 4 billion per year across a huge base of businesses. He's also founding fellow of the Institute of Professional Sales, a qualified coach and mentor. What I find fascinating about John's career is that he actually left school with no qualifications and started a job for TNT Express loading lorries. TNT Express is a parcel delivery company, therefore the same sector he's in right now. He quickly progressed through into supervisory and leadership roles in both operational and commercial settings. And since then, he has continued to lead in the logistics and delivery sector in domestic and international positions. Welcome to the Changemaker Conversation podcast. John, I would love to start by having you tell us a bit about your business and who you help. Of course. So I work for Royal Mail and Parcel Force. Uh, many, many people, of course, uh, certainly in the UK, know Royal Mail and Parcel Force as the uh, preeminent parcel delivery providers and postal providers in the UK. Uh, we help businesses of all shapes and sizes, whether they need to distribute parcels predominantly now or, of course, letters, but equally with advertising services such as door-to-door -door, um, products, which help marketing. And of course, we also sell stamps, do collectibles and uh, anything that you need to send anything around the world. Sounds like an impressive business indeed. And you're right. I do think we're all very familiar with it. But John, about you, uh, you're a director of sales of this huge organization, and I know you're passionate about change. So I would love to start by asking you how you feel the two go together. Are salespeople change makers? Uh, absolutely, salespeople are change makers. I mean, if you think at its core, a good salesperson will, will provide you with, with what you want. That's quite straightforward. Great salespeople will connect you with what you actually need. Um, but then top salespeople connect you with problems you didn't even know you had and provide the solution for them. And if you think about the journey of all of that, salespeople really are providing uh, normally a service or a route to a service that enables change within an organization. But not only that, salespeople for the organization that they work for can be the most powerful change agents because they've got the voice of the customer. 
and actually what a, a great source of feedback and in, in many businesses it's the only source of feedback really or the primary source of feedback about what their customers really really want so salespeople can be a phenomenal uh, force for change um, uh, without a shadow of a doubt that's a very interesting perspective and i couldn't agree more now the first question that comes to my mind as i hear you talk that it's not necessarily the image of salespeople we all have in mind especially here in the uk what's your take on that You're absolutely right i think um from when the very first books on selling were written um there was a uh, a perception that salespeople were somehow um, providing dodgy wares or trying to hoodwink people and it's uh, it's unfortunate that that perception has stuck really and of course um, there's some stereotypes of uh, of dodgy salespeople in fur coats selling strange cars and so on and so forth but I think the reality is that sales has become uh, and can, needs to become a, a professional service a service sorry and as I said a moment ago I think people rely on good quality salespeople to uh, provide information, to provide insight, to provide the right solutions, to make uh, costing and budgeting decisions for their company and their purchasing activity. So salespeople need to be trusted by the people that they, they work with. But I also think it's a bit of a shame that people, salespeople, many are, are reluctant salespeople. And the reality is if you work for an organization, you are a salesperson every time someone speaks to you about the company that you work for your reaction and how you articulate uh, things about that company will could determine um, what a potential customer's view is of it so we as salespeople and as the organizations that employ salespeople need to work very very hard i think to make sure that this sales profession is uh, seen in the right light but we do that by selling in an ethical way and making sure we're adhering to the highest quality standards that we we possibly can in all of our interactions and transactions that's uh, super interesting it does sound like being in sales is a truly empowering position and that's what we want when we are looking to create real change um from my experience uh is that to create real change, you need passion. And to what extent do you feel that when you do work in sales, it's really key that you're passionate about what you sell so that you're, you actually believe in the product and service that you sell so that you, know, you are ethically aligned, like you said? Uh, I think there's two schools of thought here and, and arguably the same could go for any role that you do within a, within a company that you've got to be passionate to a degree but your motivators might be different of course mightn't they if your motivator is to uh, have the potential to earn quite large amounts of money because it pays for a lifestyle that you're very keen to uh, sustain or aspire to then sales can be a great career and actually you could find yourself in I don't know, technology sales for example where um, the the compensation can be very very high but you might not necessarily be passionate about it. You could believe in the product, of course, and you need to be able to stand behind what you're selling, but it might not necessarily need to be your, your passion. Equally, of course, sales roles are varied. In 
a legacy company like us at, at Royal Mail, a big proportion, the largest proportion of our sales force are what we would call account managers. Um, they have sales targets, of course, but primarily they're there to retain and look after the customer. And a, a big part of that passion for that role comes from the relationships they have with their customers as well. So it might not be perceived as a sales role in the traditional sense, but the people that do it uh, hopefully really, really enjoy it because they take something else from it as well. So I think there's always that mix as there is with finding passion and joy in any job that you do. I think what's really difficult though is if you are um, asked to, forced to by the company you work for, missell a product. And I'm, I'm very aware that's quite a strong word, but if you are asked to position a product that doesn't really do what you're saying it does, that will very, very quickly become uh, demoralizing and, and devalue your efforts and how you feel about it. And if you find yourself in that situation, it's probably the time to, uh, to look for another organization, I think. In a way, when we're working with people, we're always promoting something, we are sharing our beliefs. Therefore, it is a form of sales. So perhaps some of the challenges lies with this connotation that we have with the term itself. And I'm wondering how that's affecting talent at the moment and uh, attracting people into sales. I mean, what's your perspective from your role? Well, it's really interesting. So <clears throat> sales as a profession is growing. And I think that's probably in part to um, the SaaS companies that are out there and the startups, the technology startups and so on, who, you know, the second or third hire they make is a vice president of sales in order to drive their growth and their valuations. So I think there's an attractiveness in the sales proposition, uh, that's a sales career, sorry, that is starting to appear here in the UK. I think it's probably more prominent in America and it's starting to, to appear here in the UK. Um, as we become a bit more globalised and a bit more aware of that. Um, the, uh, the, the other part of the attractiveness, though, and one of the things that I'm passionate about, but also is a really difficult problem to solve, is attracting younger people into it as a career. So I firmly believe that sales should be an accredited profession uh, in a similar way to maybe an accountant or uh, I'll say or a lofty career like a lawyer. Um, uh, because of the magnitude and the weight that uh, a salesperson can add to a to an organisation, um, but I don't. I'm also not convinced that parents would be encouraging their kids that a career in sales is a is a great career either, which I think is a real shame because, of course, it can be a, a brilliant career. And then there's a third dimension, which uh, we see at Royal Mail, and that is attracting people generally, but that's partly, I guess, to do with brand as well as um, the role of sales as well. There's uh, lots of exciting brands out there. Of course, I think Royal Mellon Pass Force is a very exciting brand, but I also wonder to a 18 to 21 year old maybe starting out their career, are we on the, uh, the, the top list of brands that they want to work for in a sales career? So I think there's that perception and probably that marketing that we need to think about or all organizations need to think about to make sure we're attracting the right young talent um, to to start a career in sales i think you're absolutely right and uh, as you brought up the royal mail and i'm thinking about how you started and saying what a powerful position sales people are in terms of making change 
an organization such as Royal Mail that can reach out to so many uh, people across the country and globally is really one of the best organizations to join if you're looking to create that change and promote things. Well, obviously, I'd agree with that, naturally. Um, and, uh, and that's where it's important that we, uh, that we reach um, young people in the right places and, and where they are. And uh, I mean, that is about, isn't it? It's about working with schools and colleges and arguably universities to make sure that um, people see it as a potential career path. Many, many people fall into sales, um, which is you know, maybe a good thing. It, it might not be, but I'd love it to see. I'd love to see people making more purposeful choices. One of the things we did as Royal Mail uh, a few years ago in conjunction with um, Middlesex University and uh, our partners, our training partners, Consalia, as well as in conjunction with the um, Institute for Professional Sales or Association for Professional Sales, as it was then, was launched the first um, level six business to business uh, apprenticeship degree in selling. And that's been brilliant for bringing people into the career, uh, a great way to gain a, a high quality degree from a quality university, but also earn a, a good amount of money whilst you're training, but really start your sales career with the absolute best foundations you possibly can. And um, we've seen some great people come through that scheme and, 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 Many are still with us and some have gone on to other organisations as well and they're doing very, very well for themselves. So I think the more organisations can get behind schemes like that and provide the opportunity for schemes like that, then hopefully we can continue to nurture great talent in the, uh, in the profession. Sounds like it was a very uh, impressive initiative and I love how you spoke about creating the right foundation from the beginning. And that gets me thinking about culture and culture change. Obviously, at HLTF, we're very passionate about change. We believe in learning and development to achieve that. So I'm wondering from your perspective, what can organizations do to change the culture around sales? Not just for attracting new talent, but for rewiring how we feel about it internally. It's a really difficult mix, isn't it? Culture and um, who's responsible for culture and so on, and whether the culture is set at the top of the organisation or or within it. And my experience of the organisations I've worked in, and it's definitely prevalent at Royal Mail, is, is there's cultures within cultures. There's cultures within individual sales teams. There's culture within the sales team as a whole, and there's a, a different culture within the, the organisation. I think the um, from a, a leadership perspective a company leadership perspective arguably or a more general management leadership perspective uh, people need to understand the role of sales and of course uh, some ceos will be commercially and sales focused and and a number of others will be operationally focused and of course that depends on the business and the organization that uh, that you work for and of course the, um, uh, the the situation at the time but i think for those company leaders that aren't sales focused or maybe haven't come up through a a sales route. Uh, I think it's really important to understand what the sales department could bring and make sure that they're not harboring any of those biases that we've already spoken about um, and can really understand the value of the, of the sales force. But I think equally, um, it's very easy for 
sales teams to get uh, carried away with high paying compensation plan, uh, plans and uh, company cars and, and smart suits um, that the operational departments in companies can um, uh, not be overjoyed at seeing um, because they're at the, uh, at the front end doing some of the much more manual uh, and potentially perceived to be more difficult work as well. It's that shared understanding, I think, that's most important and understanding the value that each person uh, in each department can bring, um, which is really, really key. I, I think for sales generally, the salespeople generally, I think we need to force ourselves into uh, other people's worlds internally, make sure we're spending time uh, with the other departments, make sure we understand them, but equally we have the opportunity to allow us to understand the customer and the voice of the customer that I mentioned earlier. And hopefully that uh, working together, that collaboration, that openness fosters the right type of culture, uh, acknowledging that there'll probably always be some degree of silos, uh, silos in the way of working. I think that's probably unavoidable. Definitely from our experience, at the root of uh, real culture change, there is always that shared understanding you speak about and the eagerness to honestly learn about what is going on with different people and different roles. And you're right, uh, there's definitely a strong leadership component in there as well. Um, can I ask you from your perspective, obviously you are a director of sales for these huge organizations. Are you seeing any changes in terms of how we're perceiving sales and are we seeing salespeople more empowered to spread the changes that we're looking for? For instance, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's okay, fine. For instance, uh, when we talk about creating great change, uh, we love talking about inclusion, sustainability, and other really important values. Do you think salespeople are in a position to bring about those changes? Certainly in a position to influence them and um, uh, particularly around the sustainability point and, and at the risk of repeating myself, understanding what's really important to the customer and being able to translate that back into the organisation um, is an incredibly uh, powerful position to be in as long as the organisation is willing to listen, of course. Now, naturally as well, salespeople uh, have been known to get very close to their customers and sometimes can't see the company that employs them, uh, th their point of view as well. So you've always got to be a bit mindful of that. But on the assumption that the salesperson is um, uh, understanding what the customer's needs are, that's balanced with evidence and fact, and encouraging the organisation to act accordingly towards the customer's needs, then that's got to be a uh, quite a force for good and a, a good force for for change. Yes, I agree, John. And I'm thinking about myself. My background is in academia. So I worked for universities for a really long time. And I know that to succeed in this world, we do need to sell our research to be able to spread the word. So I think no matter what you do, you end up selling in some form, like you were saying before. So what would your advice be for people right now who are in a sales role and they're looking to be a force for good and attract young people into this really inspiring career? Um, don't be embarrassed by it is what I'd say. And, and I don't 
for a moment want to cast all salespeople as they're, they're embarrassed by what they do. There would be many, many that, that simply aren't. But don't be embarrassed by it because it is a great career and you can uh, enjoy a very good life out of it. You know, there's many people that don't want to go through a management progression within their career. And that's absolutely fine. But equally, those people might want to uh, earn a very good a very good living to support their families and their aspirations. And I think sales is one of the career paths you can choose that enables you to do that, to not necessarily have to have the responsibility of managing and leading people, but to be able to make a difference, to be a leader almost without the title. And I think that's uh, that can be quite quite attractive. I was thinking back to um, your previous question around uh, how has the, the role of a salesperson changed? And I, I didn't quite answer it, I don't think so. I'll come back on that if I may. I think what we're seeing is, oh, well, I know what we're seeing and the research um, backs it up, is that generally people are informing themselves better about their buying decisions using the internet and the information that's available to them. Uh, long before engaging with a salesperson. So, of course, in years gone by, it might only have been a salesperson you'd been able to get the information about a product from. Now, that's clearly not the case anymore. People can read reviews, they can read online, they can read up about your products and make comparisons very, very easily in, in most sectors. So when the salesperson is required, they have to be really, really well informed. They've got to be very well informed about uh, obviously the company they work for and the products that they sell, but also the company that they're selling to and the understanding of what their challenges are, what they may be, what's unique to the sectors. So salespeople, good salespeople, certainly can't afford to be uh, an empty suit, for want of a better word. They can't really afford to be order takers. That's a very different role. Good salespeople today uh, need to be much more like consultants and of course consultative selling is a an approach that's been around in sales for many many years but I think the best top tier salespeople really need to live that in today's environment to not only survive and succeed but also to do what salespeople need to do for their customers and I think that's a change that we will see continue um, and of course more and more people salespeople have got to do that remotely without these skills that we used to rely on of face-to-face meetings and pressing of flesh and uh, shaking hands on deals and so on. We, we have to do that in a different way. And, and that's a different skill set than um, maybe uh, uh, previous generations of salespeople um, had. I think you're really right in saying that at the root of a good salesperson, there must be a lot of intentional education and constant uh, need for learning, uh, not just about the customer, but about competitors, trends and the world. So they are a huge source of knowledge, just like you were saying at the beginning. And it's from this source of knowledge that can come great reflection and great changes, as we were speaking about earlier. Equally, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was was just going to say, I think you're absolutely right. And um, I'm sure we're all quite bored of talking about the pandemic and its effects but certainly what we saw in in Royal Mail was our customers asking us for uh, advice on what was going to happen next and of course we didn't know the same as uh, as nobody knew but it was interesting to see that dynamic change to all of a sudden our salespeople being looked to for that source of quite detailed and deep 
global and economic information. So we had to try and arm them with as much as we could, but that was a, and, and we continue to do that. Um, but I think that's a change that we might not have seen before. That's really fascinating. Uh, essentially, what you're saying is that salespeople have to be experts and we do look up to experts for information and for answers to questions that may extend actually beyond the product or service that we are thinking of purchasing from them. Uh, of course, and uh, as I alluded to earlier, it can't just be products. As I said, the, the best salespeople out there help solve problems you don't even know you're, you've got. And they do that with uh, great education, as you say, great insight, taking the time to understand their sector, their market, and their customer's sector and market, and applying that, long, uh, that knowledge for, for the benefit of the customer. And of course, the salesperson will benefit because they get additional sales or renewals or new contracts or whatever it might be. But they get that from doing a genuinely good job, not because they force somebody to buy something they don't want or need. I definitely agree with that. And it does sound, based on what you're saying and on my experience, that to be a great salesperson, you also need to be very well-rounded. And uh, there's many skills that come under that. And, uh, you know, we love learning and providing education and we believe in learning for life and building skills. So I must ask you, what do you think are the most essential skills nowadays to be a great salesperson like the one we are talking about now? So the softer skills are really, really important. And there's a couple of schools of thought of whether sales is all about relationships um, or not. And my take on it is sales is definitely about relationships. People do buy from people, but you also can't get on with every single customer or prospect customer or account that you're ever going to meet. So you need to have the technical sales ability the skills that allow you to navigate complex conversations, to listen uh, intently, to be able to link up sometimes quite disparate information to turn that back into a compelling proposition that's relevant um, at the right time. Those skills are absolutely vital. You've also got to have quite high energy and resilience Resilience is really important generally, isn't it? We live in a quite a difficult world um, at the moment and we're living in tough economic times. But resilience in sales is, is very important, particularly if you're in new business sales or an SDR type role, sorry, a sales development representative type role where you're trying to break through into early prospects. You've got to go through an awful lot of no's to get to a yes. And that, that takes um, a, a certain skill set. And that desire for ongoing learning, you've already mentioned it, and I totally agree. You have to, I believe, rightly or wrongly, you have to, your sector has to be a bit of a hobby for you. So we spoke about being passionate, and I think that's really important, but you've got to care about it. And you've got to care about it because I think you've got to put some quite a high degree of discretionary effort into getting to know about it and reading the research that's out there or uh, following the various pages you might do on LinkedIn and so on. That can't all just be a task-focused process. You've got to do some of that probably in your spare time um, when you've got a moment to yourself and you're just thinking about uh, uh, things. Uh, you, you've got to be able to um, 
look towards what you're doing and think about your customers' needs probably quite consistently. I love that you linked uh, wanting to understand to caring about things. I think I definitely agree that uh, you can't understand something unless you really care about it. And you can't really care about something if you don't really understand it. So again, it does come back to what we were saying earlier about having that intrinsic belief and uh, desire to learn, to genuinely learn about things and to be humble about it and become an expert in that sense. I agree. And from a technical point of view, when I talk about technical, I do mean those sales skills around the, the basics, negotiating and deal making and listening and so on. Because what worked yesterday won't necessarily work tomorrow as customers adapt, markets adapt. And again, we, we're doing a, a much higher proportion of our selling and our interactions through virtual means, the same as we are today. And that takes a different skill set than, than the old skill set. And people need to learn that. And, and there is a lot of career salespeople. So we spoke a moment ago about how some salespeople can have a lifelong career in sales. But certainly those towards the latter years of their, their career, the technology that's required now um, is very, very different to, to what was required 10 years ago, five years ago even. Uh, and so that uh, adaptability and willingness to be able to um, keep up with those and move with the times uh, is really, really important. Um, as well as if we think there's what, four distinct generations uh, who make up buyers and sellers nowadays from uh, Gen Z to Gen Y to baby boomers to Gen Xers and so on now, I know we've got to be very, very mindful of stereotypes around um, generations, but nonetheless, it does give us some clues to the different ways in which people act and sellers have to navigate all of those um, uh, to make sure that they're relevant to their customer base, who, of course, are probably more diverse than ever. I think you're absolutely right. And... Uh... I just loved having this conversation with you. I love how you framed salespeople as the biggest change makers and how you pinned it down to learning and development and what we can do as organizations to create that culture around learning that involves salespeople. Um, is there anything else that you would like to share with us at this point? <laughs> I'm sure there's absolutely loads, um, I, I think. But for me, in the, in the context of this, I think what I'd, I'd like to share with you is that uh, it would be easy to look at uh, a salesperson or a sales career for the future as, um, as the type of role that, that might not be uh, as desirable as some other professional roles. And I'd really like to just reiterate the point that I think that that should change and needs to change and probably is changing. And that for many people who might be deciding on their careers or looking or wondering what to do next, or maybe looking for a change of career because they've, um, they've reached a, a, an impasse in what they're already doing. It's a brilliant way to uh, really make a change, have a positive impact, meet some great people uh, and enjoy yourself at the same time. And I would encourage anybody to can, to consider that um, for whatever they want to do next at whatever life stage they're at. Thank you, John. 
And uh, at this point, I only have one last question for you that we like to ask all of our guest speakers. And that is, what is the one thing you know now that you wish you would have known 10 years ago? Oh, so I think um, the, from a personal point of view, and uh, I think the one thing I wish I'd known uh, 10 years ago is confidence is okay so it's okay to be confident and that's very different to arrogance but you can only be confident if you've put the work in to get there and if you haven't um, then you're going to come unstuck quite quickly um, but never be afraid of what you've already learned and the experience you've got because it can be incredibly valuable I love that answer. And uh, it reminds me of how you spoke about being confident, but also being proud of what you do. And that really comes down to being transparent about what you believe in and uh, wanting to share the knowledge that you have. So I believe that's a great answer. And it's definitely a piece of advice we should all take on board, whether we are in sales or not. And John, well, uh, it was a pleasure speaking with you today. It was great to learn your view. And I really enjoyed our conversation. It has really framed things really well for me in terms of how salespeople can be change makers and how it is such an important career path that we should uh, focus on. So thank you so much for that. Thank you for listening to the Changemaker Conversations. Would you like to talk further about unlocking human potential and creating positive change, either one-to-one -one or on this very podcast? If so, please visit haltf.com slash inspire. Until next time, goodbye.